We're a unique podcast for families of faith. Produced by parents and pastors who understand and appreciate how hard it is to maintain your faith in a hostile culture. We're here to encourage and support you in the most vital role of all, parenting. If you're feeling overwhelmed and afraid, it's okay. You're not alone. Brilliantly Brave is hosted by two honest and engaging dads with nine kids between them. A road tripper, author, and pastor, Father Brad Mathias, and iShine founder, solo parenting expert, and all-around foodie, Mr. Robert Beeson. Join us each week as we explore and engage with some of the most intriguing, inspiring, outrageous, and awesome parents in the world. This is Brilliantly Brave. Hi, and welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. I am Pastor Brett. I'm a co-host. I'm here with Robert. And I'm Robert Beeson. Robert, I'm a co-host. Robert Beeson is the co-host. He's not, and I want to emphasize this, he's not a sidekick. Nope. I've graduated. Now I'm a co-host. Season three. You yep. are a full-fledged co-host. And what I had to do to get here. I know. Well, everyone knows that uh, anything that comes easy isn't valued, so... <laughs> It's important that we earn our way, right? Is that right? Okay. It's in the Bible somewhere. Okay. So uh, we've had an amazing uh, start to season three. We've had several yes, we really interesting conversations. Uh, God continues to surprise me uh, with uh, how creative he is. And uh, last week in particular, I was really touched by Kim's story. Uh, just listening to her heart and how God really worked in those dark hours for her. If you missed last week, I would really encourage you to go back one podcast and listen to Kimberly Mitchell, a single mom who went through some really difficult years um, and how God showed up for her. I agree. Fantastic. And Kimberly is not only an amazing guest in in her story, I know will encourage you, but she's also your co-host on your podcast. She is. Yeah. She is. Solo Parents Society. And you can understand why now. Yeah, I get it. She's so much cooler than you are. (laughs) Gosh. Okay. Speaking of regulars. Yeah. Speaking of regulars, the segues here. Uh, Robert Nolan is the resident sort of expertito. He is uh, the guy that knows more than we do. Mm, Collectively. Yeah. He's an author. He's a pastor. He's uh, a thinker. Right, he is, and he's our good friend. So we're he is a good friend. Really Welcome glad. to Brilliantly Brave, Robert. It's great to have you back. Hey, thanks for inviting me back. I Means like something may have gone right the first time, so that's it good. Did. We had great response. Great, super. We did have a great response, and you know what we love about you is the fact that you tell it kind of how it is. You're not rude, but you you don't dance. You kind of just lay it out there. And so for today's parent, who's really looking for answers, who's sort of maybe read a book or two, mm-hmm. uh, asked someone for help, Googled it, and here they are. Uh, they've got a kid, and they're struggling. Yeah. Maybe they've got two or three kids, and they are just feeling like they're failing as a parent. What would you say to them? I would say, hey, first of all, um, I appreciate the introduction, but I just think in marriage and parenting and the basic idea of relationships, none of us are experts. Mm. Uh, even those who speak on it, write books, et cetera, nobody's an expert because we're all sinners. We're all human. Um, we're going to mess up. Things are going to happen. But that is exactly why we believe that the answer is Jesus Christ, because the more we submit to Jesus Christ in our relationships, our marriages, and our parenting, um, the more we're going to be able to get it right and succeed. And so really, it's not about leaning on your lack. 
It's about leaning on God's all and who He is and, and saying, Lord, I can't do this. I need you to help. And so I think uh, to, we're in, just living in a day where people don't have time for fluff. They need practical answers. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think we start with the basis of um, surrendering to Christ, giving your parenting and relationships over to the Lord is the first step in anything we do because that is what works because He created us and He's also who is the only one that can redeem us. Mm. So true. It's it's fascinating to me that that you opened with that kind of statement because Brad and I just off air before you got here today, we're just talking about how we want to make sure at this <laughs> yeah. podcast so that cool. we um, really embrace the idea that we are all broken mm-hmm. and we are all in need of mm-hmm. Jesus. Yep. And um, we never want to come off like we are brilliant or brave. This is more about our frailty and. Mm-hmm. God doing more in our lives than than our quote unquote expertise. So I just think it's fascinating that you lead with yeah, with that is. with is. that posture because that's exactly what we want to be as a podcast is basically saying, look, we're all just trying our best here, yeah. and if there's anything that we can do on this podcast that um, encourages you, maybe it's because of a mistake we've made, not mm-hmm. because we've got it all worked out. That's what we want to do rather than just say, hey, here are the five tips. If you do these, you're going to be happy and perfect. Absolutely, and I think. Uh, when I see brilliantly brave, I don't think that we're touting ourselves. I think what we're doing is we're saying it's brilliantly brave today in this culture to hand our lives over to Christ. Mm-hmm. It really is. I mean, not that that's a, it's the right thing to do, but it's not the popular thing to do. But it's what we should be doing. And it's brilliantly brave to go, hey, Jesus, I don't get how to do this. Would you please help me? Would mm-hmm. you please help me love my wife, my husband? Would you please help me with my kids? Whether I'm doing a great job or a bad job or whatever, is to keep handing it over to the Lord and just encourage us all to do that because that's a daily battle. That's right. Yeah. As I'm listening to you, um, thinking about my own life, my own journey, um, I learned a whole lot more from the mistakes I've made Mm -hmm. uh, than than the things I thought I did right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so the grace of God becomes sort of this powerful reminder that we're broken people. And we are not going to be able to raise perfect kids. Yep. That we're right. broken. Um, there's no way we can get, get to the finish line without God's help. Yeah. And I think the interesting thing, I have a 27-year-old and a 23-year-old. And, uh, and, and I think the amazing thing is we realize that. And hopefully the older we get, especially the more we realize how broken we are. But then as sinners, our children will take the things that we passed on that's broken but then they'll also figure out ways to break themselves, mm. if that makes sense. Like mm. they're going to make their own mistakes. They're going to do their own things that we would never even think of. Sometimes mm. they'll do. We'll see our bad patterns in them, but we'll, they'll also figure out new ones because we we're we you know we're sinners. I mean, we're you know, endlessly innovative. Yeah, yes. yeah. And how we're going to do that? Yeah, I really one day want to write a book uh, on parenting and call it "Raised by Wolves." <laughs> instead of instead of sheep raising sheep or something, because yeah. so often that's the way I felt as a parent. You know, like instead of being a sheep, I felt like I was a wolf raising a sheep or something like that. You know, uh, just making mistakes. But again, like you said, the goal is to learn from those and stop repeating them, because uh, mm-hmm. we all know the definition of insanity. But if at some point we put a stop to this and go, I, I want to get this right. I want to surrender. I want to get this uh, right for the sake of my family. That's that's a brilliantly brave thing to do. Mm. Yeah, because in of us are instincts like we have these sort of uh reactions mm-hmm. to life mm-hmm. and uh for most of us we get in trouble when we uh, when we give into the fear 
like something's gone wrong. Mm-hmm. And so the reaction is to just squeeze tighter. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Absolutely. I do. Absolutely. Yeah. So for those of us that do want to squeeze tighter, what would you suggest and how have you found um, relief from that feeling of wanting to squeeze tighter and try to get control of our kids or of our family? Well, gosh, uh, what a great and and deep and profound question to ask. Um, I'm not going to have a super great answer because it is really profound and deep. But I will say, as both of you have suggested from my own experience, I I was one of those dads who um, who squeezed tighter, mm. and um, and I I admit to that. I've actually had discussions with my adult sons. They're both still in their twenties, but uh, and neither one are, are married and have their own families yet. But I've had discussions with them of just sitting down and going. Uh, hey, I realize I did that. Sometimes that was a good thing for you because you needed that, but sometimes that was really exactly what you did not need and that was wrong. And I've, I've just apologized and said, I want to make those times where I squeezed you and hurt you right. Mm. But but can we affirm the times maybe that I squeezed that it was the right time to do? Because, you know, you think about our own lives. God, the perfect father, there are times... He disciplines, he squeezes us. Mm-hmm. And we'll use that word that you use, Robert. That's a good word. He squeezes us. There are times he knows not to. He lets us go. Or he knows it's time to hug and not squeeze. Mm-hmm. Maybe he squeezes us with a hug instead mm-hmm. of squeezing us with a disciplinary thing, you know? And so that's the balance of trying to figure that out. But um, but I, I think a lot of us, a lot of people that are probably listening to this podcast can be people that are that they're in the middle of the parenting battle right, right now. And so I want to take my perspective of looking back and saying, hey, I don't want to tell you about all my successes, even though I think my guys are great guys. Uh, I want to I want to speak more to the things that I would look back and tell you, wish I would have done, and I want to encourage you to do, mm. which is one of the reasons why today I thought it would be a great thing for us to talk about something that seems really super basic, Christianity one-on-one, but that's prayer. Mm. Yeah. Let's get into that. Yeah. Well, um, uh, first of all, let me confess and admit that uh, I was a first-generation Christian, was not discipled very strongly early on. And so by the time I got into to my uh, late teens, early 20s, and really started to understand what lordship was, within three or four years, I was married. Within four years, we had our first child. And so I'm really new to a lot of faith things. I'm involved in ministry. Um, but I was v- always very much a doer and very proactive. And so my thing is um, like, hey, God, watch me work. <laughs> you know, I was one of those guys. And, and I know we tend to, a lot of people tend to struggle with that. But what that does is it causes you to um, not be great at prayer very often mm-hmm. because you're busy doing. Like, I don't want to stop and talk about this. I want to ask God to bless it. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to talk to him about what we should do beforehand. And so I've learned, had to learn the hard way how important prayer is. And, uh, and so, and I've already seen the value of saying, there's nothing I can do right now to fight this battle with, with what's going on with my child or my, or my parenting. So I need to, I need to take that battle to the Lord. And we see in scripture over and over and over again, how he says, I'm the one to fight your battles give this battle to me. You know, I'm the one that's going to win. And we see that through, you know, with the Israelites over and over and over again, they were not going to win without the help of God. Well, guess what? We are not going to win the battle for parenting our children into the image of Christ without praying for them. So as basic and as yawning as that may sound to say, um, it's very critical that if you're not praying, uh, 
I'm going to challenge you to spend five minutes a day praying for your child, just praying for your child, because this is a parenting podcast. You're here for answers. Pray for your child. If you already pray for your child, I want to, I want to tell you and, and anyone else that's praying that I want to challenge you to pray specifically. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you want God right. to know about your child? What are your struggles with your child? What changes do you want to see in your child? And then constantly ask Him for, for His wisdom and grace to speak into your child's life. But praying and praying specifically are vital importance. And, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about this the other day. If somebody walked up and said, hey, your child is five or six or eight or 10 or 12 or whatever age your child might be and said, you know, you really should think about opening up a savings account and starting a trust fund for them. We would go, wow, that's a great idea because in the American capitalist economy, we think we need to have a savings account for college and a trust fund. So we don't think anything about that at all. So investing money into our child's future is something we would all agree would be a great thing. Mm. But yet we'll balk at investing spiritually in asking God and building up the bank of prayer, so to speak, to for their future, praying for their future, praying for their career, praying for their their families, praying that they won't make the same mistakes you did. Mm-hmm. All those things you're you're building a prayer trust fund, so to speak, for your child's future. That's vitally important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as as I'm listening to you, my I'm just nodding my head, nodding my head. Um, I, I think prayer is one of the hardest disciplines. Absolutely, I agree. You know, this is especially in this culture. Right. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I, as I'm listening, I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't do that enough. Hmm. You know, as I, I'm feeling my conscience prick, um, just this idea that you know, I really am a doer. I can identify with what you just said. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm the guy who's there early and gets it done. You know, mm-hmm. and so this idea of actually letting go of that which mm-hmm. is part of this. Yes. You know, it's recognizing that I'm not really making that difference that right. I think I'm making. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that I'm not the essential part of this equation. Yeah. Yeah. So for parents, that's hard. Yeah, it's really, really hard. Definitely. So not only is there a time challenge, logistics, like just setting that aside and the mm-hmm. discipline of that, but there's also that sort of, to use an older term, paradigm shift mm-hmm. in thinking yeah. that – that I really don't have this sorted out. So yeah. what changed in you, Robert, when you realized this has got to be more central to my life? How did you start practically disciplining yourself to making this a priority? Because it's one thing to say, for me, you know, prayer needs to be an essential. I need to start banking prayer for my kids. And because I also, we're all kind of, we just want to go get it done. It's a great idea. Let me go run and chase it. Yeah. Um, what's a good place to start? getting that discipline of like, is it setting aside 15 minutes in the morning? Is it? To, I mean, I know it looks different for everybody, but for you personally, what did mm-hmm. that look like when you discovered that you needed to make that a part of your life? Yeah, well, um, honestly, whenever this, I'll, I'll answer it on a personal level and then on a, yeah. on a, on a corporate level to, to translate it to the audience. But for, for us, we were really, really busy in ministry for years. We were we, we we planted two churches. I was I was pastoring the church, but I also had a full time job at a ministry too. Mm-hmm. So we were really really busy with ministry, and we didn't realize for a long time how although that was great, and we were we were exhibiting our calling, we were acting in our calling. We also didn't realize some of the things that was doing that was ignoring our family, mm-hmm. which is honestly a huge problem among ministers, ministers. And, and pastors yeah. Absolutely. and people that are just super involved in their church, which is not a bad thing at all, but we can tend to be doers and tend to get out of balance. So when God called us to move here to into the Franklin to the Nashville area where I met you guys, um, that's a point where he clearly told us, slow 
down. We're not, we're, we're pulling back and you're focusing on your family. So, so God himself made it very, very clear to us. Um, you've, you've focused on a lot of other people. It's time to focus on your family. The most important ministry that I gave you was not the one in the church or the one outside of your family, but the one inside your family. Um, and so we began to do that. And so I think that focus caused us to have, one, the time, two, two the understanding of the calling of it and the desire. And then two, I, I, and then thirdly, I think when you start to really dig into your kids' lives, at whatever age you do that, you really start to understand the things that they're seeing, dealing with, and struggling with. Mm. Then that causes you to go, I don't. I, there's only so much I can do about this, and so the other side of that is do all you can do, but the other side of that is pray all you can pray. Mm-hmm. And and I would encourage parents to, and my wife and I do this now is is when you sit down to pray, whether you do it alone or you do it with your spouse, and I would encourage you to do both. Obviously, is um, is just just pray about everything you can possibly think of about your child. And it is amazing how the Holy Spirit will prompt you in what to pray for your child. When you open up and give that room to him in that space and you focus on that child and he starts to speak to you, you start to pray and you start opening up. And I'll tell you, the, the answers we have seen uh, based on the prayers we have prayed, have been like nothing we've ever experienced before. Hmm. Interesting. You know, I have a little bit of experience with this. A few years ago, I had a daughter who was in real crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's in those moments of crisis that we're, we tend to pray first. Absolutely. Uh, yep. You know, where the other more mundane issues, yeah. you know, I can deal with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a moment where we went to prayer, and I really felt like God was saying, take your family on a road trip. Hmm. Yeah, that's a pretty pretty crazy response. Uh, definitely out of the box, and um, I was very concerned. I was projecting my own wants uh, into into sure. that scenario, but it turned out we did take a road trip, and all three of my kids were teenagers at that time, and they each experienced something on that road trip that I had nothing to do with. Hmm. I didn't plan it. I didn't have a devotional. I didn't do any kind of spiritual insight discussion. Mm-hmm. They had a personal, private, intimate experience with God that he had prepared for them mm-hmm. at each of these different places on a road trip. And now that they're adults, some you know, two of them are married, they're talking about the mm. things that they experienced as teenagers. And all I did was just listen to God yeah. and did what he told me, even yeah. though it seemed kind of foolish or right. just a little off the wall. Right. And so I can't help but think how many other things that I didn't pray for. Mm-hmm. How many other issues there were that if I had heard the response mm-hmm. could have really saved uh, a lot of pain and heartache for us. Oh, so yeah. That's convicting to me, and I hope it encourages people yeah. who are listening to go, hey, I'm going to pray sooner uh, next time. I'm not going to wait you, for the crisis. Let me ask you both something, because we're talking about prayer, and a lot of times that is us making a request known to God. Right. Um, but really, it's about it's about listening to. And you listened and heard you need to take a road trip or however that was impressed on you. And you heard slow down. Um, for the parent out there that, that says, I don't know that I actually hear from God. Mm. How do you recognize that God is speaking to you? Cause I, I know, I mean, I, I, in my life, I, I have felt the impression of God speaking to me, but I can tell you from many conversations with many people like, well, I don't hear God. Yeah. So how do you tune into that? 
well, as a pastor, and if there's any any pastors out there that listen to this, I think the number one question of the average church member is, how do I hear God? Or how do I know that? I, th- I think there's no bigger question, particularly in our culture, for that. Um, my answer for that is this, and comes, of course, out of my own experience, but I've seen it enough that this is what I answer it, is when an answer comes that's far smarter than anything I could ever think of, hmm. I know that's God. There are times I just go, there's no way that was my idea. There's no way I thought, like the road trip, you said, that was out of, not that you wouldn't go on a road trip or a vacation, but that particular thing was outside the box at that time of what you might have thought to do. And so you realize there's something, that's my, not my normal mode. That's not, that's not what I would normally think of to do. And here's another one, and this is hard to articulate, but I'm going to try. If, if, right now in listening to my voice, you and everybody listening to this podcast has to wait on the linear process of my words to come out to understand what I'm going to say next. With God, he, he normally flashes a picture or a vision to you because he's not limited to linear the way we are. He's not limited to find out the way we are. So a lot of times, um, my own, I get my own chaos and my own flashes of all these things in my head. But when suddenly I get something that's like somebody showing me a picture, it's like somebody saying, it's it's a message of hope. It's a flash. That's a lot of times how I know it's God because it's peaceful. It's not chaotic. It's sudden. It's not slow, mm. and it's not linear at all. I don't have to wait on it. I got it. I saw it. I heard it. Mm-hmm. That's good. I, I would piggyback on that and say, ask your wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know. Oh sure. So, Agreement. I, if if you're if you're married, ask your spouse because. Uh, sometimes it's pepperoni, you know, what you had to, to eat the night before is mm-hmm. sort of bubbling around and mm-hmm. causing you to hallucinate. Other times it is the Spirit of God. And so there is a there is a growth process in yes. hearing God's voice. It's yeah. not just one and done. There is a, a process of learning to recognize the still, the quiet, the organized thoughts mm-hmm. of God. Um, and isn't it yeah. true that after a while you start recognizing that voice? And so – yes. After a while in your prayer life, once you start listening or looking or, or knowing, mm-hmm. then it's easier to let go. It's like anything. That's, it's a discipline and it's a practice. Yeah. I mean, uh, for you, for <clears throat> me to get to know you guys, I had to hear from you and I had to keep hearing from you. And, I, and I've got, there's got to be a continuity of what we're talking about in mm-hmm. order for us to get to know each other more. It, because we're finite, because we're limited, the same thing with us and God. Um let me uh, let me share with you an analogy that I thought of um, just the other day, and, and especially since we're just coming out of Christmas. And I know this may air in a few weeks, but we're still going to be fairly close to Christmas at this point. But And the younger your kids are, the more you're going to relate to this analogy, but you're going to remember it or, or know it regardless. But, you know, it, it's a big deal in most American families at some point that when your kids are younger, especially, um, you're going to take them to the mall or wherever and Santa's going to be there, you know? Mm-hmm. And your whole thing is like, I'm going to take my child, put them on the lap of this guy who I have no idea who he is behind that beard, but he's this mythical thing that we, we have in our culture. I'm going to set my child on that guy's lap and go through this illusion that this this guy's going to hear what my child wants. My child's going to express what they want, knowing full well that I'm going to be the one that's going to provide that. But we've got this illusion going. Well, here, here's the, the taking that analogy and putting that to prayer. 
is if you can imagine sitting down for three, starting out three to five minutes a day, picking your child up and sitting them on the lap of Jesus Mm. and going, Mm -hmm. Jesus, I'm going to tell you what I want for that child. Mm. That's beautiful. And I I want to hear from you, but please... Hold them and let me tell you what I want for them. Just think about that for a second. We, we think nothing about going and sticking our kids on the lap of a stranger yeah. called Santa to take pictures. But every day you can take your child and put them in the lap of Christ mm. and talk to him about them. That, that, is, that is a mind-boggling, amazing thing we can yeah. do. Yeah, and That's I, beautiful. I want to jump in here for the parent who's saying, well, I've done that. You know, I've prayed. I, I've asked. I've waited, and my kids are suffering. Mm. They're still in this whatever scenario they're in. And I want to definitely validate that because it doesn't mean God didn't hear them. It doesn't mean that he's not acting. And in fact, as I've gotten older, I've seen that the times that that my kids have suffered, sometimes that was God. Mm -hmm. He was allowing them to go Mm -hmm. through something so that he could work something in them Mm -hmm. that could not be – developed any other way the squeeze the squeeze yeah yeah i called it the two by four of love yeah (laughs) but yes i mean there are these moments when we see our kids are suffering they're going through these these desert experiences of life Mm -hmm. and and we pray and we pray and we pray and it doesn't appear on the surface anything's changed yeah so what do you say to that parent? Well, I'm so glad you brought this up. It's such a great point, especially if we're getting close to, to wrapping this episode up, is to, is to get to this place and get to this point. Because every parent's going to hit this at some point. They're going to. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And I would say, I, w- I, was, I was talking to a guy who's been a counselor for over 40 years, and he's a spe- his specialty is spiritual warfare. And he said something that has rocked my world, and everybody I've shared it with has rocked their world. But he said that the, the enemy of, of our hearts and of our, and our children uh, knows that generally they can outlast the average human. The average human is not going to hold up and pray for a long time about something. They're going to quit. They're going to give up. They're going to get angry with God. They're going to say, forget it. It's not worth it. Whatever. They're going to quit. So the enemy knows if they just keep pounding away, they can win. And he said, but if you keep praying, if you keep enduring, because what if you were able to see a situation and understand and look back at it and go at 90% of when God was about to deliver, you stopped. Now we say, oh, so is it dependent upon my prayers of God being active? No, but it's clear in Scripture we are in a spiritual battle, and our prayers are a huge part of that fight, which is once again the power of prayer we come back to. Mm -hmm. So I would say you don't know how close you are to your victory. And what if one more prayer is it? And if that were you, when would you want somebody to stop praying for you? Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah, that's that's a good encouragement. You know, I, I'm thinking about the verse in James about the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman avails yeah. much. You know, yeah. the idea that a man could pray for the for the weather to change. Mm, yeah, you know, he stopped the rain for three years because mm-hmm. he prayed. I think we forget the authority <laughs> that we're given in Christ. Yes, and uh, we yeah. we often feel uh, inadequate and unprepared. We started the the podcast with this discussion yeah. and we forget that our father has a big bat 
Yeah. He's a big guy. Yeah. He can handle whatever it is we're bringing to him. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, uh, I hope you've enjoyed and been encouraged uh, by this episode of Brilliantly Brave Parenting. We want to thank Robert for being here. Um, uh, once again, you didn't disappoint, bro. It was awesome. Very encouraging. Robert, you. do you have any, Robert Beeson, do you have any closing thoughts? I don't. I just, as usual, just awesome, awesome insights and, and reminders of just how significant and, and tactical, pra- uh, practical prayer is. It's yeah. not this lofty thing right. that happens. I right. mean, this is very tangible. Yeah. And, um, even though at times it feels like it's just, you know, repetitive or I like the idea of visualizing. I think that's that's really big, putting your child in Jesus' life. I think that's a really good thing to help us get to, uh, I guess, another another facet of, of our prayer life is is using that kind of visualization. I think that's really powerful. So um, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. And I just want to encourage parents out there, just have the courage to pray. Be brilliantly brave in your prayer life. That's that's a really, really crucial, important thing. That's fantastic. Awesome. Well, uh, tune in again next week. Uh, we'd love to have you back, and uh, we appreciate your time. Share this with your friends, family, anyone you think would be encouraged or uh, supported by this. Thanks, and God bless. iShine is a faith-based ministry and media company that looks and feels a lot like a Christian version of Disney. iShine is more than entertainment. We're the producer of the largest Christian tween TV series in the world, a nationally syndicated radio show, a Nashville-based record label, host to multiple live tours and summer festivals, an interactive website and social media, and a provider of printed and digital devotionals, preteen Bibles, and church curriculums. But more than anything, we're a trusted Christian resource for parents and pastors. You can turn to us for all things Check us out at iShineLive.com. He brought it. I mean, he just, he always seems to bring stuff that's fresh from God. Yeah, I agree. I couldn't agree more. And I I just love his um, tangible view of prayer and not just as a cursory kind of let's pray a blessing, but getting specific and visualizing visualizing what we're praying about. I think it makes it a whole lot more tangible. And I know it's very helpful for me to, to be thinking in that, in that way about our kids, about my kids. It's, it was a great reminder. Yeah. I was definitely convicted. I I feel like, and I'm sort of reflecting now, but I'm pretty sure this is true. I pray really as a last resort, Mm -hmm. like I'm a crisis prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that's such a word uh, or a phrase, I typically try to solve stuff, mm-hmm. and and I'm not doing that in an arrogant I'm in control way. It's mm. just how I'm wired. Yeah, like I just go fix it. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. And so I'm found uh, as he was speaking and talking today. I found in my spirit, like the Lord's like, yeah, that you need to work on this, Brad. <laughs> um, this isn't. This isn't something that you can just sort of agree with. I need you to actually agree now, repent, and go do something about it. So yeah. uh, I guess for me, uh, the takeaway is I'm needing to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to spend some more time in prayer specifically for my kids. Specifically. Yeah. And for specific needs within each specific kid. And right. So, yeah, I, I, it's a great reminder. And now I have a grandson to pray for. There you go. So Absolutely. Uh, that's a new... New chapter for me. 
Um, you know, one of the things he was talking about that it just, you know, when he speaks, you can see sort of the emotion in his eye, mm. you know, like there were some tears today and he's talking about stuff that he's really experienced. Yeah. He's not uh, throwing down a, a good sermon. No. You know, this is stuff that he has lived, walked out somewhere in his parenting journey. This has become real to mm-hmm. him. And uh, as he describes sort of this idea of, of sort of just placing our kids in, in our father's lap, I felt you sort of respond to that. Like oh, I, yeah. I could tell that was yeah really potent. Well, I think the, the anytime you take a, an idea and, and turn it into something visual for me, it, it's like it's tangible because we are really, you know, bringing our kids before our father who loves them more than we love them, if that's possible, which it is. And um, so just him framing it that way really helped me go, all right, this is, I get this frame of reference. I thought it was a good analogy. And um, yeah, it did get me. I mean, it was, and and it was a reminder. It was just a reminder about how, um, how habitually and how, how that needs to be kind of a natural part of what we do. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Like it's, it's not. It's not supposed to be the exception. Not supposed to be spooky and whatever. Yeah. But it is you know we wouldn't think second. I mean, a second thought about taking our kid. Here's Santa. Yeah, sit on Santa's lap and like whatever. Tell him and you know. It's just uh, Jesus is real. God is real, and to to visualize something that's real in association with our kids and handing over. I I just love that visualization. I think that's powerful. I do too. I really resonated with that. Um, one other thing that he talked about was this idea of sort of investing in your kids spiritually. Yeah. Uh, this idea like, you know, none of us would would think it odd to put aside a, a little bit of money each month for our kids' college or, you know, some type of savings plan for them. And yet uh, it's, it's pretty unusual for us to invest in prayer mm-hmm. and to actually – pray into our kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I don't mean that in a legalistic way, and I don't think he did either. I think he was just challenging himself in front of us, you know, and I took it that way. And and I would encourage our audience, look, um, let's all make that commitment to invest uh, with prayer. Right. Yeah. That's cool stuff. Awesome stuff. Well, uh, if you've been listening, you know, uh, just you, you, you experienced what we just did. And so we encourage you to check out Robert Nolan's stuff. He's an author. He's uh, online, and he will be a part of the BrilliantlyBraveParenting.com website. You can get all the links to his stuff through us if you need to. But uh, we're grateful for him. That was his third interview mm-hmm. in three seasons. So there's a reason why we keep asking yeah. him back. So next week, we're going to- One day be, he's going to figure out that it's actually his podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> we're just yeah. writing his And We're just sort of, and, and he's the guy that's like the Kevin Bacon of Christian music. Absolutely. You know, there's the six degrees of separation, whatever that is. Uh, everybody in Christian music knows this guy. Yeah. They touched him in some way. He's, yep. he's written something. He produced something. He managed something. So uh, it's, a, it's a true pleasure to have him. Next week, we've got someone really special coming. Yes, Someone that you go way back two decades or more with. Yeah. I'm so excited about this. This is Tiffany from Plum, the artist right. known as Plum, and uh, who has just amazing, an amazing story of redemption and just has a really authentic and um, heartfelt l- look into parenting and, and relational dynamics. And so I just, I, I'm so excited to have her here. 
She's yeah. um, she's been a part of my life for over twenty years. Well, I'm excited to meet her in person. I've been a fan for years, uh, and we hope you can join us next week too. So come right back here and experience Plum. Thanks. God bless. We'll see you next week. See ya. Parents, remember, even if you may not feel brilliant or brave, you are. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. 2 Timothy 1, 7 and 13. This podcast is a service of iShine Ministries and the Tween Gospel Alliance. All rights reserved. Donations to Brilliantly Brave are tax-deductible at iShineLive.com. Review and subscribe to this podcast on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, or on our webpage. And read our blog and connect with us at WordPress at BrilliantlyBrave.com. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Brilliantly Brave. There is an intersection, a critical one that cannot be ignored. It's the intersection of child, parent, and church during the critical tween years. Tweens. These 7- to 12-year-olds are not only navigating rapid social, physical, and emotional development, but a significant spiritual development is happening too. This is a key moment where their worldview moves from forming to formed. Their beliefs about God, the Bible, and church are settling into a mold that will significantly shape the rest of their lives, all while their attention is being fought for by more media and marketing than ever before, especially as they move from purchase influencers to decision makers. A shift is also happening for the tween's parents. As your kids are younger, you play a more authoritative, directive, and protective role in your child's life. But as your tween grows in their independence, there's a shift to a more guiding, coaching, and supporting role. This transition can be a challenge to navigate, especially when your child seems suddenly disengaged from the family. Also in the middle of this crucial intersection is the church. Here, tweens are moving from children's ministry to youth. And in the midst of this foundational moment in their worldview, many are lost or losing interest and disappearing from the church. You see, there's a problem. This intersection is lacking infrastructure. Like an unfinished highway, there's chaos and confusion. Tweens aren't sure what signs to follow. Parents feel stuck and frustrated and the church is seeing huge drop-off at this age. People are lost in a moment where so much is at stake for tweens, parents, and the church. This is why the Tween Gospel Alliance exists. For TGA, our desire is to be the catalyst that brings strategic partnership and increased awareness to the tween intersection so that tweens have a better chance to become authentic and active followers of Christ. TGA will build infrastructure by curating the best resources out there at Tween Central, where parents and pastors can find tools, programs, and more to better equip them to lead their tweens. We will establish events that stir the hearts and minds of pastors for the tweens in their churches, and events that give tweens and their parents a unique and shared faith experience. TGA will also be a tween advocate to pastors and parents educating them on this crucial life stage. 
our plan doesn't include owning buildings or selling products. And once the infrastructure is in place, we don't plan on sticking around, because ultimately it's churches, parents, and other organizations that must own this intersection. We may wish that there was one simple solution, but there isn't. It's going to take all of us working together, and that's why we're an alliance of organizations, pastors, and parents. Tweens are a vital part of the church and the community. They hold the potential to change the world, and we have a vital role to play in their journey. They need you at the intersection. Meet us there.